The Bite Goes On is up next, but first, check out this other great show on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Destination Eat Drink. This week on the podcast, we're in Australia hunting truffles and talking about the different personalities of the dogs who find those truffles. To put it into an American analogy, Gigi is probably what New York Max is to California. <laughs> if Max was to wear a scent, it would probably be patchouli oil. Download Destination Eat Drink today on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. The following is a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Hi, and welcome to The Bike Goes On. This is Brian Casey and Sondra Bernstein in the beautiful town of Sonoma on a lovely sunny day. How are you doing, Sondra? Hey, good, Brian. How are you? Tired? Tired? Tired. Tired. Yeah, that's Busy, busy weekend. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's good. I um, I had mentioned to Edward on the Chamber of Commerce Zoom call that you plugged uh, the truck. He was very happy. Yeah, Did he told me about you? that. Okay, yeah. good. Yeah, hopefully you didn't listen to it, but... I, I don't know. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> I don't know. I think we might have said one or two things that maybe we shouldn't have. I don't know. I don't think so. I think yeah. we're keeping and, it real and, you yeah. know... There, yeah. Ed, Edward's a good guy, and he's trying to keep yeah, us all he safe. He, and he smiles all the time on the Chamber of Commerce. I'm like, what is wrong with you? This is a miserable time. And he's yeah. like, oh. Anyway, I am really excited to introduce Dustin Rogie, who I had the immense pleasure to work with. I don't even know how many years ago it is. And truly one of the best managers I've ever worked with. Honest to God, truly, truly. Um, hi, Dustin. Hi, thank you for having me, Sandra. <laughs> you, know, you are truly one of the best bosses one could ever work for and that well, I have ever worked for. You were so efficient. There was no reason to be a boss. I mean, you like had it down. I, um, I mean, it was... I don't know, we went through a good amount together, but there was, at the time, there were three of you that came out of the Culinary Institute of America. So anyway, to tell our guests, um, you were a manager with us, and then you were the general manager when we opened Petaluma, I believe. Oh, wow, I didn't know that. So that and that was the girl in the gaucho? No, no that was still the girl in the fig. It was the girl in the fig, okay. I wish it had been the girl in the gaucho. At, and this is on the river that spotted the, the, the river cafe? Okay. The river house. And then, um, and then... You, I think, did you go right from us to the Culinary Institute, or did you have another restaurant job in between? No, I went to Farallon down in Oh, right, right, right. Uh, Actually, I was there when you were there. We had a wonderful meal. That's with the cool meal. chandeliers. Yes. Exactly. You <laughs> were there, the there for a while. Yeah, and then moved over to Water Bar and was the opening um, GM at Water Bar. Right. And Nick's right. Cove over in in uh, Tamales Bay. I opened oh, that in wow. between yeah. and then headed uh, over to CIA. So was it Nick's Cove that put you over the edge that you're like, I'm not being a restaurant manager anymore? <laughs> I, you know, they, it, it should have been. <laughs> it was actually, we opened Nick's Cove. Um, I, just, I just popped in. I lived there for a summer. 
um, while we were completing construction water bar. So um, it wasn't a permanent post. It was sort of I split my time between San Francisco and out in Marshall and just got things sort of up and going. And at that point, I don't remember how many you know, millions of dollars over budget we were. And it was a uh, tumultuous. Pacaletto, uh, right? Exactly. Yeah, it was. Um, I remember on the menu there was a um, uh, the the red red toed frog, I think, which was this in, you know, environmentally um, protected species that ended up costing the place so much money to um, ensure that we weren't you know infringing upon its habitat. That it, it on the menu, it you know wrote like a million dollars uh, includes all the red sticky tape or something like that. So it just sort of frog notes. Legs. Uh, no frog. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that that was a uh, a challenging <laughs> opening um, for sure. But uh, it's a beautiful spot. I still go out there. And, spot. And, and, yeah, and they might do Bloody Marys. How do you, you know, I, I used to do some catering events out there and sometimes we would get done at like midnight, one o'clock. Driving home back to Petaluma, I think where I was living at the time, sometimes I could literally not see five feet in front of my face driving home out there, like the, because of the fog. It was, it was crazy. So and so much wildlife, you have to really be careful because there's <laughs> it's deer all over the place. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, but I'll tell you, living in those little cottages before the hotel, uh, the inn part was open was was wonderful. Hearing the tides, you know, come in and lapping up against the pilings uh, was a uh, a really you know special special experience. And, uh, was Anne Partridge there when you were there? Don't because she she was there before we hired her. But uh, I don't, it wasn't right away. I think she was doing something with the garden and something. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, but um, I believe one, a, a former employee of yours, Sandra, was there on the opening team, which was um, Heather. Um, Heather Ames. and Matt Weinbauer. He yeah. Ames. Yes. Ames. Yes. Yes. Who, oh, who wait, I worked with. Is in she married to Andy Wilde? No, no um, she's married to Matt Weinbauer, who's the chef of one of the, the Starks um, Grossman's Nashery now. Um, okay, interesting. Yeah. And you would know Heather Ames from Estate. Wasn't she at Estate? Was she her opening? No, she was at The Fig. Never mind, I take it all back. Yeah, but no, I remember her. She is actually working with Heather at Sonoma Family Meals. And I believe she is the chef for that um, nonprofit. So yeah, oh my God, such a small, small world. Now, well, wait, how, how come? How did? How did you decide to then go into, go to the CIA? And is it was it for? I mean, you wanted to cook. You actually wanted to work in the kitchen after working in restaurants for so long? No. Oh no, so I graduated from the CIA before I, I went and worked for Sandra. Um, before I went to the girl in the fig, I, I went to the CIA where I did my undergraduate work. I, I got a, an associate's degree in culinary and then st stuck around for a couple of years and got a bachelor's degree there as well. Um, oh, wow. So that, that was my, that was straight out of high school, uh, my, my college experience. And then worked in, in Boston after that. And then 
moved to the beautiful town of Sonoma um, <laughs> about two weeks before 9-11, I think. Um, wow. was, uh, and I still remember the meeting I had with the staff and with Sandra on the plaza, you know, on September 12th, as oh, we tried to unpack, you know, how we were going to navigate this new landscape. And um, Oh, I wish uh, you had that recorded. I could just probably play it again right now. True. You know, pretty much. <laughs> I could have played it for the wildfires, you know, or the yeah. power outages. Any one of those times probably would have been appropriate. We, we're actually getting, <laughs> Maria and my wife and I yesterday were talking about getting uh, uh, solar and we're going to get one of those walls the, the, because we're anticipating power going out. Um, this year and we think it'll up the value of the house and the prices come down it's crazy it's like you can get it it's basically like a 30-year mortgage and you're paying like 180 dollars oh, a month or something oh, so great. yeah yeah we're excited to it's a great time for it brian i i tried to do the same and unfortunately i live in forestville and as the name implies there's lots of trees there so unfortunately <laughs> um, i couldn't i couldn't get it either you got to clear a little forest area there yeah. to get your wall up. Yeah. <laughs> so the, um, where did you meet your wife in all this? That's yeah, so Caroline my, water bar? we met at Farallon, yes. And, and she, uh, we worked together at Farallon and then I, I left and, and went to open up water bar and she went and worked at Delfina. Um, and then she got out of the restaurant business entirely and, and was in grad school to be a, um, a marriage and family therapist, which is still her, her career currently. And I was like, well, this is perfect. I need one of those. I'll just. <laughs> uh, and, um, uh, we, we met, um, we re-met um, with some mutual friends on a bar ride and connected and, um, the rest is, is history. So that was uh, um, that was twelve years ago now. Wow! And, uh, wow, Bart! Student. Bart bringing people together. Exactly. <laughs> Could be a exactly. whole new campaign. <laughs> we got off the Bart train, you know, down on Market Street, and there's this amazing dive bar called Tulips, and we, you know, stepped into this 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 interesting, you know, dive bar and. Uh, had some Fernet Branca, and 12 years later, we we're happy as could be. So, oh, that is so great. And how old is your son? He's seven now. Seven. seven years old. He'll be eight in October. Yeah, it's, it goes so fast. It's the cliche, I know, but it but it really does. Um, I'm so just I can't imagine. I can't believe how quickly the last decade has gone. I, I just. I, what's happened, you know, and, and right. so much has happened, and it's happened so quickly. Yeah. What, what is it about Fernet Branca that people in the restaurant business just love so much? <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. Um, I mean, I, I worked in the city for a long time in, you know, different restaurants, and that was a big thing. After work, we'd go out, and that was one of the last things we'd have before we left the bar was a little Fernet, and I don't... I don't know that we were drinking it as a digestif to like calm ourselves down. We just needed a little something to put us over the edge. Yeah, truly, truly. Yeah, so it, it certainly is the uh, 
at least it, it was, and from my understanding, even still uh, in, the, in, in the city, San Francisco, there, it's a, uh, a common libation for, for to ease the post-work nose uh, stress. And, uh, yeah. yeah, so, um, oh God, we could go in so many places. So you opened Water Bar also. Were you there during the whole construction of that? kind of going back and forth with um, yeah yeah with park yes yeah. Um, yeah yeah so park was the executive chef at Farallon while I was there so we, we worked together there we went over to uh, to water bar and um, that it was just such an awesome project to see so built from the ground up um, you know on the waterfront um, so much passion, such a talented team of ladies and gentlemen that um, Mark Franz and Pat Coletto and Pete Sitnik put together. And I just felt really honored to be part of that energy. Um, it, was, it was a heady, heady time. It was right before the financial collapse. So I, there's something that happens when I go to work somewhere, like something gnarly happens. Oh my God, I have to remember that. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, you're like, don't... Um, yeah, I remember, you know, um, because we weren't that far from the financial district and a lot of our happy hour business was the, were the ladies and gentlemen that would you know, be done with work at three o'clock in the afternoon because they're, you know, working the market and um, when Lehman Brothers um, was folding and people just coming in with their, you know, head in their hands, um, you know, just, just totally taken aback back by what was happening and um, you know that was a I think a 25 million dollar project and you know we had a, a pretty um, sizable oh rent yeah the restaurant was still toddler right we, we had only been open for a, a few months at that right. point right yeah. and so, epic was epic open at the same time or did they open after or before same day same day wow that's insane wait what's so epic project. Epic was the steakhouse and yeah. another gorgeous restaurant. Jan Birnbaum was the chef who used to be a chef up in Calistoga. He's since passed, but um, yeah, I mean, both of those restaurants were like the premier, I mean, really launched as like the best restaurants in the city at that time. I mean, amazing. Yeah, yeah. it was a really fun, uh, really fun project. Um, and, and you know, before we, before the episode, we were chit chatting and, and Brian made a mention about, you know, working with the girl in the fig and the number of years you spent working with Sandra and then equated that to like to dog years though, essentially <laughs> saying that, you know, you know, eight years feels like, you know, 25 or what have you. And that certainly was the case. I, I currently work with uh, two alumni, uh, from Water Bar, and we both, we all three of us um, share that, you know, <laughs> when you're doing that volume on that level, um, how it just, uh, it's it's a lot of work, and it takes it out of you. Um, yeah. So, uh, highly rewarding, the restaurant yeah. business is. Well, and if you're yeah. one of those people, I mean, I like being busy, so I like that at work, you just sort of hit this different zone, you're in this different level of just constant synapse firing and there's always something to do, which is great. I don't want to be at work twiddling my thumbs wondering, you know, what's coming next. I like that there's 
oh, if you're looking for something to do, well, there's eight things right now that need to be done. It's just prioritizing which one's going to get done first. So that's the restaurant business at a good restaurant, a busy restaurant. Well, in Petaluma, I mean, what do you, you know, I, I, for sure, I have early Alzheimer's. There's no question in my mind, unless it's Tuesday and then I forget that I said that. But <laughs> tell me what you remember from when we went to the Girl in the Fig and then we opened Petaluma. Yeah. Um, so I, I just, there's one story that really sticks out. I mean, there's I have lots of memories of of that opening. It was you know um, we we did it. I think I was still working. I was still working on the floor in Probably. Sonoma, <laughs> in, 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 and I was painting during the day. I was painting the wall <laughs> during the day, driving, taking a quick shower, and um, you know working the floor in Sonoma that in, in the evening. But I remember once we got up and going that there was just weird things that would happen all the time. And to illustrate one of them, there was an, uh, one pre-shift afternoon, and I heard just this drop, drop, drop. And we were going to open in, I don't know, maybe 30 minutes, an hour. And I was just going around, checking the dining room, making sure everything was you know, as it should be. And um, I again, I keep hearing this this noise and I, I couldn't place it. I walk over to one of the tables and there was things falling on the table. And I don't know if you recall this, Sandra, but I had to go up and look in the ceiling. Yes, and some critter had died in the ceiling above and there was like, you know, uh, things falling maggots. from the ceiling. Yes. Uh. Oh, it was so gross. It was a possum, I think, or a... Yes. Yes. Oh my goodness. It was, oh my God. God only knows how long it had been there. That was disgusting. And it smelled so bad once that opened up. I'm sure. See how stuff you can remember. Like, I just needed that. You are so frozen right now. You know what that just reminded me of, though, Sandra, was um, at the Girl in the Fig when you know you, you guys are attached to the Sonoma Hotel, that when there's a specific room at the hotel, that if people don't put their shower curtain inside of the shower, sometimes, or, the, or it floods, that sometimes, I don't know what table that is, the big table that's in the main I dining room there. a few days later, I had to make a- Oh, he's back. <laughs> I just, sorry about we, that. We haven't I'm seen this. Really <laughs> you know, that, okay. that was so funny. <laughs> Um, yeah, so Brian, did you hear Brian talk about like the water coming down from table on table 45? That's the girl in the fig. If, if someone, well, it's worse. Last week, uh -huh. it, it's it was the, now the hotel's been closed for months. Um, they haven't even reopened yet. Maybe sometime this week. I doubt it. But why? Why, um, why are they still closed? Well, they ended up redoing all the bathrooms and put fans oh. in all the rooms and, and nice. there's okay. just no, there's no business for them, really. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the water started. So I think they did a pipe that they never connected all the way because there's no gas. I mean, I think they like forgot to finish fixing that one bathroom. And when they came in the whole place, they, they have to repaint the entire ceiling. Wow. It's it's that bad. And I mean, we're not open inside. So it was like, okay, well, we can get cleaned up and it's okay. 
but oh my god well do you remember when the guy he didn't fall out of the window but he cut did he we had to get yeah and it was he was such a gentleman so this i remember him being stately and just um you know really distinguished and and it was a celebration maybe it was like his 60th birthday or, or something like that and he was surrounded by his family and there was those low windows on the second story and I, I think he was slightly over beverage but just to just a touch right like just 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 a touch and leaned backwards and fell through the oh the, my the, god and fortunately didn't fall out of the window but certainly fell through the window um, yeah, there were so, oh. and he was okay. He cut himself up, and, but it was, uh, I think he had to get, I don't think it was that bad. We didn't get sued, which I, we might've paid for the doctor bill, but we didn't get sued. That was oh huge. Goodness. That is just a weird building. It's uh, in general, that, that, yeah. I, Dustin, I actually opened up the River Cafe. I don't even, I think wow. I was 16 or something. That house used to be on Washington Street, and we cut it in half and put it on a flatbed and then moved it over and set it down on the river, put it back together, and then I opened up the restaurant. I mean, I was just a kid, but wow. but there was always weird stuff going on in that building, and it's, it seems like that house has got some some juju going on somehow. Yeah, yeah. it was yeah. such a crazy, weird... Um a weird time. I mean, we were there 15 months. I don't know. Did you leave before we left? You might have. Shortly, shortly before it, you we closed. Left. Yeah, yeah, it was your fault. You left and then we had to just close up because it just couldn't go anymore. <laughs> What's the point? <laughs> I used to have, um, I had two kittens that I would bring to work in that big cage every day for a while. <laughs> um, I forget where did I get those. Somebody gave me those cats, Mole and Sprucket, I think, or I don't know <laughs> what. But those cats would—they were kittens. They were so cute. But I mean, and John, John has three dogs now. John would go crazy with the animals when I would have my animals around. He would be like, I'm sure I would be doing something and he would like kick the cage or something like when I wasn't there. And he has three dogs now. He's like a different, um, yeah. Yeah, new is wife. That be, is that because of the kids? New, no, new wife, new life. Oh, so she likes, she's a dog lover. She loves her dogs, yeah. And they're cute too, so it, it's pretty funny. But, um, and then, yeah, so that was really fun. Well, so when you decided to go to school, like, okay, tell, tell us, like, how many kids in your class? I guess they're not even kids, they're adults now. Um, yeah, so it really depends on the type of course that I'm, that I'm teaching. Uh, you know, CI prides itself on having a relatively low student to instructor ratio. Um, specifically for lab classes, were hands-on courses. And when I first started working at the college, um, that's what I was doing. I was essentially running a student-run restaurant in the front of the house. So I was training students that wanted to be primarily chefs to what it was like to walk a mile, <laughs> literally, in the shoes of a server or a bartender, <laughs> during operations. And... Um, so then I had very few students, maybe only 
10 at a time, uh, a maximum of like 16. And, um, and now I teach purely academic classes, courses that are um, not lab-based. And um, because of the pandemic, um, a lot of that it's done online. And so I have some classes that are, are much larger, you know, upwards of 30 to 40 students um, at a maximum. And, but I still have some smaller classes as, as, as well. Um, I, I'm very much looking forward to teaching in person. Again, there's something, uh, as much as I love the online delivery, and a lot of the students actually have said that, you know what, this is great. Because I get to, if I don't get something, I can just re-watch it or re-listen to it and noodle it. Um, but just like the restaurant business, there's something energetic about being in a room together and the energy that happens and the, um, the ideas that are shared in person. And so in September, I'm going back to the college. I'll be still be teaching half, a little more than half my course load will be online. I'm teaching students all over the world right, right now. Um, but I'm really looking forward to having, um, you know, a couple of cohorts that um, are, are in person. It's the really big auditorium uh, with a maximum of 40 students. So there'll be plenty of social distancing. And there, you know, there's a hood system because it's a culinary right. school. So I can turn the hoods on and, and yes. uh, have yes. all sorts I've been of- in that room. Uh, Yeah. What, do they call you Mr. Rogi or do they call you Dustin? Yeah, so the, the norm at CIA is to call all non-chef instructors, professor, and then their last names on Professor Rogi. Professor Rogi, I love that. Oh, that's I, awesome. I, I need, I, you know, I'm like, you, I really don't care what you call me, like, but I want to, you know, make sure that I'm in alignment <laughs> with the norms of the institution. And, and right. so I'm getting that. And I mean, you, when you graduated, you were in Hyde Park, I mean, you were in New York, and then you, you, you guys took your trip. You, every year, they would send the students out to wine country, and I think, did you go to the girl in the fig on your trip? Oh, we might have lost Justin again. again. I'm, I'm back again. You, I, I heard you talking about our, our trip, and then it, you froze up, Sandra. Can you hear me now okay? <laughs> Yeah. Yes. Did you, were you, did you come to the girl in the fig on your trip? I did us? not. So we must have started uh, doing it after your class. Yeah. Yes. I mean, and, it was pretty fun. They would come and they would go on these tour. I mean, what better place to tour all over? And yeah. It's singularly responsible for me living in California for the last you know, 20 years um, because that trip I was like, oh my goodness, this is literally the land of milk and honey. I'm, I am moving as soon as I can to Northern California. These are my people. Um, <laughs> these people love food and it's beautiful and they're like-minded and I couldn't get here fast enough. I had to work where, in Boston. Where were you from? Boston? Were you from Boston? Uh, upstate New York, um, okay. around um, yeah. George, so way, way upstate. Um, but there I moved to Boston. and. Exactly. Actually, right, a small town called Queensbury, right between Saratoga Springs and Lake George. 
Okay. One of my best friends lives in Saratoga Springs. She's like the lawyer of that town. <laughs> you can get beautiful houses there right now for not a lot of money. Oh my God. Like Sandra, I am thinking about moving. We had, <laughs> I, Dustin, I do another uh, podcast um, um, about um, wine, wine and winemaking. And we talked to a guy at Wild Ark Farm in Upper State, New York. And he, they were, him and his wife were in the financial industry and just decided to get the hell out. And they're, they're young. They're like in their early thirties and bought this farm and just are like turning it into this biodynamic paradise. And they're using these weird grapes that I guess Cornell makes so that they are better in colder weather. This like Marquette and they're making Piquette and they have chickens and, and I was looking at pictures of the property and I'm like, this place is gorgeous yeah there's some it's really a good, but you have winter you got to have winter that's the one thing i don't know that i can do a winter i can winter. barely do winter here yeah <laughs> yeah during the weekends when i uh, was attending college in, in new york uh, i worked with with matthew dolan actually who was on your your show not too uh, long ago uh, at millbrook winery so we were in the wine business together as Is tour guys is no, we, we knew each other, each other before then at, from, from school, but we both got jobs at the same winery. And it was like the perfect job for us, you know, <laughs> on the weekend, you know, roll out of bed and go and just talk story with, um, with, the, with the guest and show them around the winery. And, you know, I, I don't even think I was of legal drinking age. <laughs> <laughs> awesome oh my god i know i there are things i miss about the east coast but i had the same exact um same feeling when i came here on vacation i mean literally i was like oh my god these are my people this is if i'm going to be in food this is where you have to be and what i think is interesting right now especially through covid is that we take it for granted, I think. I mean, I, I think I've just become so jaded about having the farm or, you know, farmer drops off a few tomatoes for me or the neighbor bringing over the most delicious peach you ever had in your life or, you know, all these experiences. And to us, um, they're like happenstance right now. I mean, it just is what it is. But when you first come, and you are into dining out or you love food or whatever it is, it is mind blowing, I think. And I want to go back there. Yeah. Yeah. I want to feel that again. I want to feel like, um, wow, this is, you know, just to like not have that jaded attitude about it anymore because you, you start losing how you can share that with people. But, yeah, yeah I, I, I feel really blessed because I get a new dose every semester of a whole bunch of really hungry students that are for the first time being immersed not in just the world of, of you know hospitality excellence, but in in this you know Napa Sonoma world and just just watching them just light up and we do a semester away i teach students that are in the four-year program that come from hyde park and they spend a semester just to study wine and beverage and and they come out and they're they are you know 
absolutely blown away by what we take for granted. And, yeah. and so that I have, I'm really fortunate to have constant reminders and to be brought back uh, yeah, to- nice. Yeah. How many classes do you teach in a semester? Oh, we're, we're freezing, <laughs> we're freezing up again. Yeah, talking about winter, you know, freezing, winter, <laughs> Well, I was just <laughs> thinking, you know, oh, oh, yeah. There you are. Okay, uh, about three to, three to five courses per semester is what I teach. Okay, and do you have to redo them every year or that you just update them a little bit from one year to the uh, next? It's, it's highly dynamic, so there's been some iterative processes around some of the courses, but a lot of them change um, pretty significantly from year to year, which I absolutely adore. Um, okay. I love the, the, it's not stagnant. It, it requires a, um, a constant focus and, and, and keeping it relevant and, you know, because the attention span of, of our students, of us in general, is not great. And then, right. you know, so it, it needs to be relevant if, if you want it to stick. And I really want them to want it and, and thus uh, feel really dedicated to making sure that they, you know, they get a good product. Mm -hmm. What is the average age of your students? Off the, my guess is approximately 23, 24. Okay. Oh, great. Oh, God, to be young again, wow, 23. But, but the, the range, we have a, a good amount of students that come straight from high school, but a lot of individuals that have, have shifted career trajectories. And I, you know, I've many students that are older than I am and, um, you know, plenty that are in their 30s. And so it does provide the class environment the opportunity to learn from each other. Uh, they're, they're, it's a really diverse student population, uh, not just in age, but in, you know, where they're coming from, um, ethnicity, etc. So I, I believe that there's a lot of growth that takes place um, from things that are, have nothing to do necessarily with, with culinary or hospitality, but just by being around these, these you know, diverse groups of people that you are spending every moment with for, for two <laughs> Do you, um, do you, have you noticed that from when you started teaching till now that students have, are changing more, more tech, they're higher tech? Um, yeah, it's a good question. Um, yes, I've noticed a change and there, a, a little bit of is, a little bit of it to me is that we always think that you know the generation before was better. We, we, oh, oh, back in my day, you know, people worked harder. <laughs> and I actually don't subscribe to that because it's just different. And the students are different today than they were ten years ago. Um, and some some might say, well, they're less, you know, independent, or you know, they're less driven. And I don't have data that supports any of that. I, I just see them um, as certainly driven, but but not accepting the yes, chef, do it exactly how I say or else. And you know what? I support critical thinking. And there's a time and a place for yes, chef. And there's a time and a place for there to not be. It's 
uh, a yes chef however <laughs> i have a question i think that that's okay right <laughs> our brigade system may have come from the french military but i think we've evolved I, i'd like to think we've evolved oh my god um, yes yeah yes yes chef friday at 7 30 during the rush and then you know doing prep work yes chef but hey can we talk about this is a different thing <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Exactly. But you know what's cool is that these these kids now have so much more access to to media. Like you can, you know, we used to, I grew up watching Jacques Pepin or or uh, Julia Child on KQED or something. Whereas now they go on Netflix and they can see these incredible restaurants in every corner of the world where chefs are doing things. I mean, using moss and and you know mushrooms from I mean, it's so cool that they get access to all this different stuff so that I'm sure they have a lot more um, ideas when they come in. They're, they're not just thinking, oh, okay, we're going to learn French techniques and then do it in a California wine country style. Um, they're, they're actually talking about like foraging and, uh, you know, those sort of things are, I think they already have coming into school, I would think, or, or, or is it like that? Do they, do they have um, a little more you know, are they more open to things than possibly we were? Oh, we got him frozen again. Um, so, you know, that's interesting because this weekend I just signed up for Masterclass. Yeah. And have you seen those ads? I've seen there's, the ads. There's like 80 some classes and I was like, okay, it's $15 a month. Oh, and that's, then it? You, that's it. You pay for the whole year in advance. And um, the first class I did was um, I did, I think he'll come back. I did um, Martin Scorsese and I listened to him about filmmaking. And then I went into um, the photographer, um, Annie Leibowitz. Annie. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, she was so good. And then I was listening. I did go on Alice Waters for a few minutes just to check hers out. And she was doing this home cooking thing. And it was like, okay, I need to move on. But, but Gordon Ramsay and Thomas Keller and... Um, and these are all filmed recently? Aaron or are they... Franklin. They're not, they're not, it's not that old. I think Masterclass has only been around for a couple years, but... There's like 80, 80 some classes right now. And I, I watched them all weekend long. I was fascinated. Um, I, I don't think I would want to learn to cook that way, but I think it was like really valuable learning some things just about whatever. It's really cool. I have a lot more classes to do. Well, it's cool to see new ideas. I mean, it, even that show that you, rec I think you recommended it to me, Sandra, on Netflix now with Zac Efron and his friend oh, that are going all awesome? over the place. It's cool. I, I just watched the one where they were in um, Costa Rica and they're just making meals out of, I mean, they're just going in the jungle and cutting stuff off trees yeah, and then awesome. putting together full meals. Uh, yeah, super cool. And that's the one I was just listening to on uh, Masterclass was the gardener, Ron Finley, who is, he's considered the gangsta gardener who like did these farms produce like in the middle of the parkway. 
you know, and then um, trying to like get areas that are just like urban decay and just like trying to like teach people, like make your food, you know, if you make your food, you'll have your food for the rest of your life. But um, there's a lot of good stuff, a lot of good food film now. Yeah. And I think the access to the, to all this media has been really positive in um, expanding people's and my students specifically their, their um, access to some of this information. Um, but the other side of it is, is that it, it does become, I think, overly romanticized and it needs yeah. to be tempered with the reality of, yes. of running a hospitality business. Right. We're <laughs> editing. You know, well, like it is, it is sort of like, in, it's like Instagram, right? Where everyone's yeah. living their best lives on Instagram. Yeah, <laughs> and really, exactly. there's a lot of shit going on be <laughs> behind the scenes, right? So where do you eat um, in, where do you, do you, I mean, well, there's pre-COVID and then now, but like you're in Forestville. So do you tend to eat around home or you cook more at home or you're going well, out near St. Helena? Yeah, in, in Forestville, oh, I'll speak pre-COVID uh, because I don't have a lot to offer at this time. I, you know, we, we get the Feed Sonoma um, farm bin weekly and uh, that's, that's what we look forward to every week. You know, I'll, I'll drive out to Bodega Bay, pick up some salmon or some halibut and uh, those are our nights out now. Uh, but pre you know, Forestville is, is cool because you're close to Healdsburg, um, you're close to Santa Rosa, and you're close to Windsor, all, all within 10 to 15 minutes. And so in Forestville... You go to Backyard. We're gonna... Oh yeah, who, <laughs> whose place is that? Backyard. Um, we had a chef at the Fairmont that, that left us to go work there. So he's and he's very giving too. He's doing a lot of family meals. I can't remember his name. Um, well, and I was going to ask Dustin if he's. He said he's been out to Bodega Bay. I was going to ask him himself. Uh, I go to backyard. Yep. To backyard. Yeah. So Daniel actually works at the CIA now. Also, um, oh. so he's a, he's a chef instructor. So I get to see him. Well, when I'm actually on campus, I get to see him every day, and he's a total rock star. Um, yeah, he, he is. Uh, so I'd love to support them. Um, right now, I'm in my wife's office, actually, in Grayton. And um, Underwood is, you know, across uh, the, the street from where I'm sitting. So uh, I do like to grab some food. It actually reminds me a lot of, of the food that I enjoyed when I worked with you, Sandra. You know, yeah. great steak free, outstanding burgers, yeah. um, good Negroni. And uh, so, mm. yeah, th there's great, great food. Um, and, and Healdsburg again being so close and, and Healdsburg, it seems like, you know, got a little bit, well, it's still very fancy, but there's, there's more less fancy options also. So you can actually go to Healdsburg on a Tuesday and, yeah. you know, not have to take out a second mortgage. And, um, so, so, you know, we've been heading over there quite a bit. I love Vallette. Um, I think Dustin Vallette is one of the most uh, talented chefs yeah. uh, in the area. We're excited. Uh, Did he, Matheson, I don't think is open yet, um, but I know oh, he's working right. on a new restaurant. Um, I yeah, guess for, no, for, no rush right now. Yeah. And for those listening out there, if you want to check out our podcast with Dustin, that was a good one. He, he's got a little bit of energy, especially after a couple of espressos. He's a <laughs> freaking wild man. 
<laughs> king, of, king of the one-liners. And then how about, have you gone to Leah's Pizza? In Not Windsor? yet. Yeah, she's a rock no. star. Yeah, we oh, had her on the show and that was really fun. Yeah, I want to have her pizza. Oh, right. Nice. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't have, if you go out to Bodega Bay, have you ever gone to the casino and seen um, um, Mark? Mark, yeah, okay. Mark out there? Yeah, it, it's, it's such a great in Sonoma County institution. Yeah. Um, I, I, yeah, great stuff. And another restaurant out that way that I, I love supporting is Fishitarian. Um, and it's a fast casual fish stop, uh, fish what? shack. Never even um, heard of it. Me neither. Oh, oh, best chowder in Bodega Bay and just this really fun atmosphere and you can it's um, primarily outdoor dining which works for right, right now and they have some tables that are right down on the bay and it's all socially distanced right so it's a place that people could dine at even now and feel good about um and is it pretty really kid friendly very much so okay very, we go my there, son yeah, I've been, yeah i've been bringing my son since he was two and he okay. loves it um loves the chowder loves the fish and chips the fish tacos are outstanding uh, yeah. and uh cool. yeah it's a a must a must yeah. do if you're out there abby how old is abby again i ask you every week 10? she's she's gonna be 12 on wow. august 11th okay. um but we you know her her best friends are triplets so the four you know we'll take the kids out to the coast and they go in the water they don't care that it's negative a thousand degrees in there they they go full in fully submerged um, but we're always looking for a place to stop there that we can get food because a lot of times we're just packing lunch um, when we go out to the beach and then the only place they have to stop at of course is to get saltwater taffy and that's oh, that's their, their one request on the way home can we uh, stop yeah <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah so fun so fun now um it was nice to catch up with matt and hear that he's like in really good shape and it's so interesting because the world is such a spider web i think um there's probably better ways to say it than icky spiders but the property in glen ellen that chad is it chad's family that has the um, no it's, it, it's matthew's family it's matthew's family yeah. So our friends who also we recorded Flora Coffee now has their coffee kiosk at Flatbed Farms. And so um, they're doing really great. I think they have a Kickstarter or GoFundMe right now to raise funds. Um, and it seems like they, Alex called it an art class not that long ago out there. So it sounds like Saturdays are really fun at the farm. No, who's doing the crowdfunding? It's the uh, Flora. Remember Jeff and Emily from Flora Yeah, but what are they? What are they trying to raise money for? Because they're they there's a kiosk, and I think they have to build out their own kiosk. I think okay. like there's a platform. I don't know the whole all the. So it, but it would still be at Flatbed Farms. Yes. yes. Okay. I thought maybe they were trying to move to some brick and mortar somewhere. Right now, well, it, it will kind of be a brick and mortar because it's going to be enclosed and maybe they'll be able to be there every day, which wow. would be really, really cool. Yeah. yeah. So, 
yeah, we're, we're, today is like technical challenges day a little bit. And I think it's really true because people are home and they're using their internet so much more and their bandwidth than they ever did. And so I think things are slower. Um, and you know, our, yeah. Hi. Hi. <laughs> sorry again. This is no, it's definitely COVID. I'm blaming everything on COVID. Yeah, we're getting ready for school to start up. Not not in person school, but um, distance learning school. And I know Sandra. I've talked to you. We're sort of doing a mini mini school. We've got Abby, the triplets, and then. Um, another two of their friends where all of us have gotten, you know, all the parents have gotten together and talked about it. And we're just going to have one day, you know, Monday I'll have all the kids and Tuesday they'll be at oh, that's great. one house. And, and so they'll have some structure. We'll do, you know, they'll still be doing distance learning. They'll be doing their particular classes on their laptops, but then we'll do a break and do PE. We'll do a break and do lunch. Um, and, you know, one person has a pool, we have a badminton set up in the backyard, you know, so it'll keep it kind of interesting for them, but they'll still get a little social um, thing. But we're, but we're looking into getting a, uh, I forget what they call it, it's some sort of router that you, because our router is upstairs in my wife's office, but there's a thing that you can plug in downstairs so that they can all, because we're going to have basically seven people using Wi-Fi on laptops all at the same time. So um, we're going to make sure that, that it's a, we get a strong signal. But I think we have to pay an additional $17 a month or something to Comcast just to get this thing that we plug in. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah it's definitely been a, 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 a challenge with my students in distance learning around the world. They're like, you know, I, I can't complete the assignment because I can't, in an internet connection and and so this has you know like i can't argue with that like okay right. well you know do you um, are you using zoom or do you use a different platform for the school yeah we use microsoft teams which yeah. i hadn't used before pre-covid but i gotta tell you i'm i think it's a great platform it's um the functionality is 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 great and it's lots of features so we've been doing um all of our meetings via via teams um both with students as well as uh the faculty and staff we should probably try that right that would be fun too yeah you know i think they got better really fast my wife is in um tech sales and she was she was working with microsoft teams t in some way to get it for america's got talent or the voice or something mm -hmm. they needed they needed there was things that it couldn't do at the time and so she got them all this equipment to so that they could actually do it in real time or something wow so i think i think it's it's gotten gotten better real fast because mm -hmm. obviously people need it <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, yeah we can look into it i don't know you know unless the audio is better for us um that that would kind of be the only reason to do it i mean yeah, we'll have to do a test. We'll Unless we're test. planning on doing a YouTube channel, Sandra. Yeah. Or I don't know. That. I don't know. We I see videos know. of you out there now, so. <laughs> Not that many. <laughs> Not that many. <laughs> but anyway, it's been so much fun to catch up with you. And um, are you camping much this summer? A lot. It's, uh, yeah, I, I really, it's, it's a great way to be safe and to have fun and to connect with my family and with nature 
Mm. Um, I'm liking it so much that I want to provide this type of access for more people. So I'm uh, working on starting a, a business that provides vans um, that are easy to drive and small and and tricked out for families so that they can get the same fulfillment that I have been having all summer this, long. And this is like a new thing. There's a guy who tricks out vans that said he cannot possibly keep up with people that are buying these old vans and want them converted into these vans that they can basically go camping in. It's like the thing to do. Yeah. And you know, the, the, Airbnb has done a, a number on some of our communities with all the um, having, you know, uh, driving the price of real estate up. And here's a way to circumvent that. Like, you can come and stay here and it doesn't, all it's doing is, you know, um, adding a couple more cars to the road, but we're going to offset the carbon footprint and um, try to do it in a really smart way and, and make it a win-win for everybody so that because I really believe that when people connect with nature, they're more um, inspired to take care of it. And so anything that I could do to help that, um, I, I would really like to do so. Now, can we just quickly ask about your wife? Because you said that she is a marriage and relationship therapist. What is it? I can tell you that I'm in therapy. I know what my therapist is telling me you know, nothing confidential, but she says that I'm actually dealing with this much better than any of her other people. Oh, yay! Just, <laughs> you, know, you know, Sandra, how you and I will talk about what's going on in the world. Imagine being a therapist who's uh, right now with everyone coming in talking about the same shit over and over. And so you're just absorbing that stuff yeah. all day. And is she doing things in person or is it all um, through, um, um, like zoom calls or FaceTime. Yeah. It's all done via, uh, telehealth. Uh, so it's all done on a secure version of zoom essentially. Yeah. I think I and, use Theralink uh, or something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, and I, and she's just an absolute, um, rock star and so solid and, and has been doing this so graciously. Um, but I can't help but think like, and I'm, she's kind of like a, you know, she gets all everyone else's garbage. And so I said, yeah. you, know, you got to take care of yourself in order to take care of other people. And she knows this and obviously demands higher now than it's ever been. So she's busy as can be. And, and it's like, you need to take more time off. We're going to just block weeks <laughs> off of your schedule so you can go do fun stuff. And, 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 you know, cause she's, she loves it. She feels like this is her calling. And right now she really needs to step up to the plate and do it. Um, and at the same time, we're all struggling on some level, right? There's a collective um, crisis that we're enduring and that impacts, you know, everyone, including your therapist. So, you know, I, I, um, I applaud her and I just try to, to um, be supportive to ensure that, that you know, she gets a little downtime and you know if she's had a rough one with it you know i'll take care of stuff around that whatever it has to you know it, it's uh it's an intense time for for therapists and for all you know yeah. healthcare professionals yeah. well and tell her don't be afraid of taking some time off i i would love it some once in a while if my therapist said you know what i can't meet you for three weeks i would be like <laughs> okay <laughs> let me let me just let me just cruise for a little you know while. What? I don't think your wife would appreciate that. 
I think you would, and the therapist nope. would be fine, but not your wife. And I could save a little cheddar, too. <laughs> oh, well, this was so much fun. Dustin, thank you. It's just so nice to oh, catch up with you. you. And I really look forward to connecting with you in person when all this is like over. What? Yeah. Thank you very much, Sandra. Yeah. Brian, great it's to connect great. with you. Very, very nice to meet you. And and I want to know more about the van thing. This is kind of a, like, is this like a, <laughs> just keep us updated. You, I, I, I certainly will. I certainly will. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're planning on um, going up to Downeyville, I think, in September. It'll be the first time that we're going to get away since this all started. So I, I can't wait to get out and just be on the river and, and be out in the middle of nature. Um, yeah. Be good for the soul. Yeah. All right. Well, if you want to listen to some of our past episodes, like with Dustin Vallette, um, um, you can check us okay, out Matthew at... Uh, Dolan. Or, that's right. Or Matthew Dolan. You can check... Florida Coffee. Florida. That's right. Uh, a lot of the people we, we were talking about today, you can go to thebikegoeson.com. Uh, you can also check us out at radiomisfits.com. Um, download us on every platform that you get your <laughs> podcast from. And give us a 20-star rating. There oh, you go. Five-star, 10-star, 20-star. Just vote. Do five-star, but do it four times. Right. That's yeah. right. I like it. I like it. Yeah. And I got all to learn right. today that Sandra was a cat person at some point. I don't know how that all happened. I've only known you as a dog person. I can't no, imagine. I, I, w I had both. I, had okay. both. I couldn't decide. I had both. All right. And then you the mean. dogs eventually ran off the cats. And so I can't have cats anymore because the dogs, are <laughs> okay. dogs are in charge. <laughs> all, right. all right. Thank you all for listening. We'll look forward to talking to you next week.